Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Fire up your grills. It's time for Tallahassee Game Day on War Chant TV and Real Talk 93.3. That pass is intercepted to the delight of all Seminole fans. The pick six. Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowden Field. Second and three. Patient and explosive. And a touchdown for the Noles. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Zaxby's, indescribably good. Now live from Florida's capital city, here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron. And welcome in. Good morning, my fellow Noles. It is Tallahassee Game Day. Good to have you on board. I'm Jeff Cameron alongside Tom Lang. Florida State, UMass, welcome all for homecoming. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope everybody made it to town all right and feeling pretty good. Maybe you're out there tailgating already as it is an early kickoff, a noon kickoff. Uh, it's been it's, it's been heady times, dare I say, uh, the last few weeks as Florida State began to turn a corner, we think. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, today's game is, is, is largely about... Florida State. I know that you hear that and you think, of course it is, Jeff. I mean, this is a Florida State show. This is a Florida State tailgate show, all that. No, what I'm talking about is a lot of times when we break down in the pregame show the opponent, you talk about aspects of what they do well, aspects that could give you trouble, what Florida State will have to do well in order to get a win. That doesn't feel like it's in question coming into this game. And I know people hear that and they say, you said that about Jacksonville State. I did, and I was wrong. And that was unfortunate and rather shocking. Jacksonville State would be favored to beat UMass. UMass is a team that when you watch them play, and Tom, I don't know, you probably did. I, I, I did go back and watch some. Uh, I've seen highlights from the UConn game that they did win. Um, not a lot of athleticism, not a lot of size, not a lot of depth, not a lot of talent. It's um, UMass, frankly, has been a team the last three years, you could argue, um, is the worst team in college football. And, you know, normally when you have a discussion about a bad team, you, don't, you can't actually say or allege they're the worst team in college football. But the last few years you, you could say that about UMass. So that's why I bring it back to us. I bring it back to how responsible are we, how well did we prepare, and how well do we go out and execute, take care of business, and get your starters off the field. Yeah, that's what today's about. If it was an NFL game, I would say be professional out there today. Take care of business. Just be a pro's pro. Get your job done and go home. In college, it's be mature. Be mature enough to handle this moment. 
because remember what happened. And this is the thing I think the coaches, you don't want to be able to pull this out of your pocket and say, right. remember Jacksonville State, guys. Like <laughs> You don't want to have that as an example, as a cautionary tale. But that's the messaging I would think this week. Is Guys, you remember that game? And if I was a player, I'd say, do you remember that game, coach? Do you remember the game plan we had for it? Hopefully everybody in the organization from top on down is ready to get this thing out of the way. Go get the win, do what you need to do, and then get ready for this five-game quintet of games that yeah, can really yeah. change our fortune the way we look at the 2021 season. Get out of it healthy, and that's the key. Pre-game, post-game, or no game at all, anytime is the right time for Zaxby's Platters. Feed your team of 12 to 14 with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers or boneless or traditional wings, for that matter. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with the sampler platter. And don't forget our world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving today with Zaxby's Platters. Order online or through the app Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Seminole Booster for over 15 years. Today's top story brought to you by Barano Heating and Air Conditioning, a longtime trusted partner of the Jeff Cameron Show as well as Tallahassee Game Day. Turn to the experts at Barano Heating and Air Conditioning for all your cooling and heating needs this fall. Head to BarinoAC.com or call 850-580-4029. Yeah, so the, um, uh, to me, the top story without question is that uh, Florida State found an identity in the win over North Carolina. And uh, they found a healthy Jordan Travis executing uh, read option uh, at, a, at a better and more efficient way uh, or effort than he had at any point in his career. And uh, it was fun to watch. And let's see if today is fun to watch. Should be. Should be. I don't think UMass presents a huge challenge in that regard. So you can kind of do what you want to do. I'd say this, too. We talk about being business-like and, and, and a pro's pro or mature. That's true. But football is a game in which, and we talk about this a lot, too, you work really hard to play it. You work really hard just to get to a Saturday. You guys know if you played high school football, you work real hard just to do a Friday night. Uh, if your NFL Sundays are, are sacred to those guys because they work really hard to get to that moment, go have fun today. Uh, go have a lot of fun. Execute and have a good time. But for goodness sake, go out there and have some fun. You're going to get guys that have opportunities that they may not have again the rest of the year. You're going to have opportunities to put points on the board and uh, change your stat line. You're going to be able to do some things that maybe make you feel a little bit better. I use the analogy all the time about facing a bad pitcher if you're in the middle of a slump as a hitter. It doesn't really matter that that pitcher's bad. If you go four for four, you feel really good the next time you step in that batter's box in the next game against a much better pitcher. So go get some confidence. Continue to build in that direction. You've been able to put two wins together. You've played better as each quarter went by. Certainly played really well once the first quarter was gone in that North Carolina game. Add to that. Uh, two quarters becomes three quarters becomes four quarters becomes eight quarters. Get into a mode where you're confident before you go play Clemson. Yeah, what we saw to Jordan Travis up in Chapel Hill was the game had slowed down for him. Now the question is, and Kenny Dillingham is right to point out, if you look at Jordan Travis' total snap count in games as a quarterback, if you look at his total starts as a quarterback at Florida State, he's still kind of a freshman, late first season player in terms of live experience. Well, what do you see out of guys who don't have a ton of live game experience and consistency? Yeah. What we want to see is the game continue to look the same for Jordan Travis today as it did against North Carolina. Now, yeah. the task should be easier given the opponent, but I don't care. I don't care. We're coming from a place where we weren't consistent in most positions against FCS team, low-level FBS teams. Yeah. High level, you anywhere in between. Anybody was, who plays football. Anybody at all who came here or we went to go play them. There was a lack of consistency. So build on that today, and if you do so, that means you're going to run up the score to such a place where you're going to see those younger players or those, uh, those more inexperienced players lower on the depth chart, 
And they're going to come out and they're going to play with passion because, to your point, they're, it's ready. It's time for them. Oh, what an opportunity. They want to have the fun because they haven't been on the field yet. And there are a couple of young players I'd like to see. We can get into that later in the show today. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we put ourselves in position to see some of these pieces to the puzzle for the future get onto the field. That's what it used to be for Florida State on a day like this. Let's make it that way again just for one Saturday in October, can we? Our thanks to you. Vishal Patel, thank you so much uh, for your contribution as we perform Tallahassee Game Day here for you. Good to be with you. We're happy to be here, actually, this morning. It's good to have football. I've got friends and family in town. And, uh, Tom, you know, it's always special. We we never want to overlook that we get an opportunity. Uh, I don't need to remind everybody, and I'm not trying to be chiding. uh, But just, you know, listen, when a game is a foregone conclusion, you have the sometimes the tendency to kind of just uh, take for granted that you get to go over to be at Doe Cable Stadium on a beautiful day with friends, get to go into that stadium and watch your team play football. And uh, today should be an easy, breezy, fun kind of day. I can tell you that it's, uh, it's really cool to see, and it, it's starting to make me a little bit weepy inside, but my sister brother-in-law who met at Osceola Hall in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and uh, they've since had three beautiful children, my nieces and nephews, you remember they stopped by remotes years ago. Oh yeah, we years did a pre-game ago. show over there on Langford Green. Yeah, little munchkins, right? They yeah. come by, they're just they're like, oh, look at this <laughs> set. This is so cool. Well, two of them just had their homecoming in high school. Wow, right? You know, and yeah. and they're going to be looking at universities. Maybe FSU's on the list. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But it's just time passes, and and I'm starting to learn that more as I'm in my mid 30s. But I'm seeing it through the kids. Because now it's it's not about, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to go to Chuck E. Cheese or something like that? <laughs> yeah, like, no, where like, are we taking them to dinner? Like, where are we going for a good dinner? It's amazing how that happens, but I'm excited to see them today. I'm not yet, but they're in town. Yeah, doing a little tailgating as soon as we get done with Tallahassee Game Day. Actually going over today, uh, not as a media member at all, but as a fan, a ticket holder, sitting uh, on the 50 with uh, my wife and my kids. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, my friends, uh, this, will, this will be good. Uh, and, and And listen... Uh, there's there's nothing to to overlook when you talk about a three game win streak. I don't know that we thought we'd have a three game win streak at any point this year, uh, given the way the year started. So uh, take that in today and, and kind of sit back and enjoy that as well, and and then know that uh, hey, there's other football to watch later today to see get a gauge. What is that NC State team that's taking on Miami? Uh, I think they're a good football team. We'll see if they dismantle the Canes. Uh, we have a look around we can do on the show today too. But uh, obviously, you want to see Clemson Pitt. What what's Clemson? I mean, is this a team that's going to continue to struggle to move the football at all? Uh, do they lose that football game? Do they play well or not? Obviously, we we do peek ahead when it's UMass week. Admittedly, I'm, we, we're talking about taking care of business, but you do peek ahead because Clemson's on the horizon. Yeah, we want to take some notes because we might get good answers, answers that we like, especially with Clemson. That game now, if you if you had put a percentage next to it, what's the likelihood Florida State beats oh, Clemson when we did? Two percent, right? Our first Tallahassee game day for Notre Dame. You assign it at that point. You're like, yeah, I don't know, one percent, two percent, one point eight percent, something along those lines. And now, what is it? Forty, forty-five? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Pending their performance today, it could yeah, move I, at ten percent either way. I'm going to agree with that. I really want to see uh, what what we have today. So it'll be it'll be fun. But uh, yeah, you know, guys in the chat have pointed this out. You mentioned it. We used to do this all the time. Florida State did this on the regular, which is. You know, you you play teams that you thoroughly outmatch, and you didn't have to play UMass to do it. It could be an ACC team, right? And yeah. most and, ACC, yeah, teams. most ACC yeah. teams. But it was there was real joy in sitting back and watching the younger players, the guys that were going to be the future. And let's hope today is a big day for some names that we've seen glimpses of, but guys that need valuable starting time, guys that need reps, guys that need game action. Even though it's UMass, it does beat the hell out of you know going through situational stuff in practice. A game's a game. 
Well, one other thing I'd add to today's top story, it's from two weeks ago, but it was one of the top stories. We caught the football. It wasn't just that you know Jordan Travis looked better in the pocket and made a couple of impressive throws, but we caught the football in some key situations. Malik McLean and one of the touchdowns, of Pokey Wilson on another, where they were a little bit tougher, and you know maybe they reviewed him and it was close, but we got the catches that we needed. Today is a day, the reason I bring that up is today is a day, if I'm in that receiving core, mm. where our totals are putrid. Like, our leading receiver in terms of receptions is Pokey Wilson. It's like 14 or 15 catches for the year. We don't have a receiver that's over 200 yards for yeah. the season. Crazy. We're almost in November. Yeah. So I'm looking at this opponent today coming off of the positive momentum of a win in Chapel Hill, a game that you really controlled, and I'm saying today's my day. I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna try to get to 300 yards today. I'm not thinking about 200 yards. I'm trying to clear the 300 yard plateau. It's atrocious what we've seen production wise from that particular position. Here's a chance today to get fat, and we'll see. Another conversation for later is how do the coaches get to that point? Yeah, what what's the choice here? Uh, the Knowles have rushed for at least 200 yards in five of the six games this season. Uh, one of 11 teams with five 200 yard rushing games this year. Last time FSU produced at least five 200 yard rushing games in a six-game span, uh, was 1995 when we did it in the uh, first six games of the season. I remember that season well. I wow. was at every one of those games. Yeah, so That would have been Warwick Dunn's upperclassman yeah, season. It's, cra- it's crazy to think about <clears throat> that's how long it's been since Florida State has accomplished that. That seems crazy because, you know, even though the offensive line was maligned under Jimbo, we did have a, a stable of backs for a few years there, multiple NFLers in the same backfield at the same oh, yeah. time. They were a little bit more balanced. <laughs> we were able to chuck the rock we, we a little bit. Were, we were a little that bit is true. May have had a guy under center who could throw it around a little yeah, bit. Maybe. maybe. Uh, Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Definitely curious to see. We talked about the methodology with which Florida State will operate today. Jayshon Corbin on the season averaging 7.4 yards per carry, has four touchdowns, nearly 100 yards per game on the ground. Trayshawn Ward, by the way, exactly 7.4 as well. Both running backs, top two on the team, averaging 7.4 yards per carry. Uh, his long of the year, of course, Trayshawn is 65. We've seen Corbin go 80-plus twice. Uh, so interesting that these two guys obviously getting it done. Wonder today, do we see uh, a DJ Williams? Do we see more Lawrence Toa Feely? Give you a heads up on that. Lawrence Toa Feely's name has been mentioned several times this week in practice. So uh, my guess is it sounds like they're trying to target him a little bit here in this game, get him some runs, and go easy on the legs of Trayshawn Ward and Jayshawn Corbin. Uh, to what extent, I don't know. We're talking about percentages, and I'm curious because obviously Tom alluded to the fact that Florida State in the second half of the season, several games that let's just assume, and, and I know that's not a safe assumption, but let's assume that those teams play their best game against Florida State and are locked in and ready to play. If that's the case, you're going to play a bunch of physical games. Uh, it would be very physical against Clemson, against NC State, against Miami, against Florida. Uh, to some extent, even Boston College. So if that's the case, uh, then you're going to want guys uh, who are loaded for bear in the second half of the season and ready to go because you're going to have to fall back on Corbin and Ward an awful lot. So I bet we see a lot of Toa Feely today. Yeah, it should also be noted, too, that Corbin got a little banged up in Chapel Hill. So if you're looking again at the bigger picture, and you can do what you're supposed to today. All of this supposes, everybody, for the two hours, that we're going to take care of business in a way we did not against Jacksonville State, which is to leave no doubt early-ish on in the game that, yeah, this one is is decided. 
if you can get to that place and Jay Sean Corbin is still mending some bumps and bruises from Chapel Hill, you get him off the field. And you've got to get these other guys ready because you're going to need them. Week-to-week yeah. attrition. This is where you can you can hardly, with a with a straight face, project in the next season or two, not this one, but the next couple, 10 or 11 wins. No. Because we just don't have the depth to absorb the attrition that's going to come with a sequence of tough football games. And we've scheduled pretty well out of conference, pretty tough out of conference. I know on a day we talk about UMass, that sounds strange. But that's what it takes in order to get to double-digit wins is some semblance of depth. We don't have it. So any time that you can reserve an extra hit to the shoulder pads or, or to the legs, you do so. And I'm talking about Jordan Travis as well. Jordan Travis Agreed. came out of the game against North Carolina, according to the coaching staff, as healthy as he's come out of any football game that he's played here in Tallahassee. Well, let's set that bar even higher today. Let's get him out of the UMass even game healthier than he was feeling last better time. than he was against North Carolina because we're going to need him. You all know it. If he goes down and he's writhing in pain at any point over the next month, month and a half, that's not good news for the win-loss projections because you're going to need him to be the focal point of the offense. This much we learned against North Carolina. Yeah, they they, they found something and they want to ride that. I think there's no doubt. Um, you know, it, to, to me, it is you. You knock on wood. You can't gauge health. You don't know from week to week whether your team's going to be healthy or not. You can't go into a game worried about injuries. You just know that this team, unfortunately, if they if they suffer some. Tom's right, does not have the depth to, to deal with that. And, yeah, we'd have an adverse situation on our hands. But right now I'm in a good mood because they found something to operate under. They, they now know what they are. It's, it's the read option game. It's, it's what they do, and they're going to try to run the ball a lot. I wonder today, because the mistake against Jacksonville State, folks, wasn't just you know the end-of-the-game play, which was awful, and we're all going to remember it forever, and it'll be on a loop. And anytime you play somebody who's uh, less than, people are going to, Harken back to that memory, and they're going to say, "Hey, hold on!" And I get it. I mean, it, you know, outliers happen. But the mistake in that game wasn't that you gave up the hail mary, although that was less than ideal. It was that you didn't take the game seriously. It was that you walked out there and treated the game like a scrimmage. That this was a convoluted, disjointed mess. That you had your quarterbacks in the backfield handing off to one another, and like you're, like you're threatening to, to hand the ball to Mackenzie Milton. Like it was, it was the dumbest thing ever. And so, because you didn't take the game seriously as a coaching staff. Your players didn't either, and they went through the motions because they picked up from you that this was a scrimmage. And the next thing you know, because you're not mature enough and because you haven't won a lot of games and because you don't handle adversity very well and you don't have a lot of experience and you don't have a lot of depth, the next thing you know, it's close in the fourth quarter and you've got some guys looking around at each other to make a play. And that's not going to happen here. UMass is not even on the same playing field as Jacksonville State. But I do want to see, do you approach the game and have respect for the game? And is there a game plan that centers around what we do well? Or are you developing another aspect of your offense? Right now, Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham aren't even using nothing close to half of their offensive packages. If you go back and watch Memphis, if you go back and look at those offenses and the diversity of those offenses and the things that they added to what we currently see at Florida State. You know, we just see that read option stuff, right? Oh, it was varied. It was multiple. It was a lot of fun. They had all so many elements that they could fall back on. Right now, Florida State doesn't have that. They just have really the read option game that Jordan Travis is running really well. So do they add to that today in the passing game? Or is it more of let's continue to bolster our, our identity and rep what we do well. Yeah, it's a very interesting question because it, it does get to the heart of the Jacksonville State, the, the sin of that Saturday, which is you're working on things. But in this case, 
You, know, you look at the basic metrics, you look at the advanced metrics for UMass, they are equal opportunity deficient at stopping the run and stopping the pass. Oh, they're terrible, Tom. That defense, that you, you hit on the side of the ball. I, I, it's alarming how bad that defense is. You can kind of choose to what you want to do. So that's, but that's the philosophical question is, do you send the message that opponent be damned, we're going to run what we, what we do. This we're going to do, do what we do. And if that means do, yeah. that Jordan takes a few extra hits, then so be it. Or do you say, you know what? Bigger fish to fry. Let's make sure that we handle what we need to do today, but we're going to do so by throwing the football a little bit more. It gets interesting because it, cause if it doesn't work, let's say you try to pass it early on, and it's clear that we're trying to pass the football, right? and it looks like a mess, that's when people start to shuffle in their seats. Even if you win the game, you're like, man, have we learned? But I could also kind of understand the process. I understand, too. You'd like to add to what you do because there are going to be teams, Tom, and I've, I've said this a lot. Yes, it's exciting that we found something that we can run, that we believe in, and that we can execute, and it sets everything else up. He doesn't sit in the pocket comfortably, go through progressions, and, and win you a game in the drop-back passing game. That's not what he does. So you have to dial up the passing game via the run with, you know, Shot plays, in essence. We don't get a lot of intermediate passing game around here. A lot of what Jordan Travis does is get outside the tackles. They've dialed something up. There's the throwback. Uh, you know, they you have you know they do do the quick game, but it's not a lot of progression. First, second, third option. If you want to add to the game plan and add to what you can do, this is a time that you should be able to block it up in the drop back passing game. So. Ordinarily, you wouldn't take the time to practice that because you're going to get your kid killed. It's not He's not comfortable doing it, first of all, and your offensive line can't block it up. Dare I say they can block this up today. There's nobody dynamic coming off the edges for UMass. Well, and that's another thing maybe for offensive keys, too, but the offensive line is about as healthy as it's been since Notre Dame, which is a great sign. If you look at the depth chart for this week, Robert Scott has moved back to left tackle where Darius Washington did better than average. He was excellent. Against what we've seen the last four or five seasons of Florida State, all right, pretty good tackle play out of 76, but he moves back to right tackle, does Darius Washington. The one thing I'll say is I, I think even if you want to pass the ball more today, you have to come out and, and run first because everything about this offense generates looks down the field or, or looks based off of eye discipline and the things that you induce linebackers, safeties, and corners to do, which is keep their eyes in the backfield to try and cheat against the run. I don't think you can just come out with this offense the way that we've run it so far this year and the things that we haven't done well and you go four or five wide, like from the jump. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, you've got to start with our usual our usual personnel groupings, which is double tights or yeah. something in close, and two back sets, whatever it is, and you generate your runs, get your six- and eight-yard chunks at a time. Maybe you break one. Maybe you do early. That'd be great. But you get those chunks so then you can get into the flow of the passing game. I don't think you just straight work on stuff today. We're like, all right. Our 15 best passing plays on third and obvious. Let's work on those today. I, I, I don't think we're going to see that. I don't either. And the more we talk this through and kind of vet this, uh, and I'm almost picturing the offensive staff and in the meeting thinking about the game plan for the week. You know, Tom, I, I don't think I would steer too far away from what we do well. I, I really just think I would lean towards, lean in. To that identity, just lean more into what you do, and maybe with more backs. Yeah, with yeah, more different yeah, backs. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but but you yeah. just run your offense. You run what you figured out here that you can do, and even when you get Jordan out of the game, you you do the same thing with Chuba. Uh, in fact, this should, ought to be a heavy Chuba game. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Tate, he has not performed well. I don't know that this is a game for him very much for him because he's a he is a drop back passer, and we don't have five wide receivers to spread out and throw the ball around to. I mean, we have them. But they don't. 
Right. They yeah. don't do anything. So it, it's it's sort of a. It's been documented. Yeah, I would tell you that I would I would I'd run Jordan. I'd take my chances. I mean, you're gonna have yeah. to. You gotta play football, man. I mean, well, this, is the, this is the game. That's I mean. the other thing. If we can, heaven forbid, put ourselves in a situation where you can bring second stringers out. You definitely want Chubba to be the next man up at quarterback. Yeah, because he's the one who can run that system. Very Yes, that's it. That's you it. want continuity in your system. Yeah. You want the guys that are going to be second stringers across the board to have exposure to the things that we did up at North Carolina. Is Mackenzie Milton going to be able to run those principles? No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Even if he made the right read and the read option, where are you going? Where are you going, man? And that's what I'd say is a, a defense. So we're just going to sit back and wait. Against Jordan, you've got to make a choice. And you better make a choice now. Because if it's the wrong one, yeah. it's a house call. Yeah. That's the danger. That's the pressure you feel as a defense or a defensive coordinator. Chuba can give you similar fears with his legs. He's not as fast of a breakaway athlete as Jordan Travis is, but he's much more capable than the other two quarterbacks on the roster not named Jordan Travis. Yeah, no, I think you just lean into what you run, and, and you do it with Jordan early on in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. You get you get up big, ideally, if you can, and then you then you run that offense with Chuba and you give him a lot of time, man. Um, I, I, geez, I dare say I'd give him a whole half of football if I could. If you can, yeah, give oh, him three quarters well, if you can. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine line between you need to rep, you need the games, you need to play. I mean, again, Jordan hasn't played that much quarterback. So That's it's, true. It's, so That's you know, true. it's kind of uh, all right. Let's see. Do I go full bore here? You know, the coaching staff will have a plan. That's that's the ideal, right? They'll have a plan. It'd be like what well, we get up twenty eight, you get up thirty five, whatever the number they decide is. But yeah, you should see a lot of Chubba Purdy today. I, I look forward to uh, look forward to it. Don't forget to stop by Zaxby's if you're getting ready to tailgate. Maybe you're on your way to the tailgate. You're thinking, what do we do for food? What do we need? Listen, swing by any of the Tallahassee Zaxby's. Delicious as always, and of course they've been a a, supo- a supporter, a Seminole booster. Uh, for 15 years, uh, you can get these platters, huge platters. We've got one in here in the studio right now. Uh, it makes me want to eat like 100 of these things. That, they smell that good. It, it's cruel what these guys do. They put these this huge, delicious yeah. platter that's meant to feed 20 and and right w- in front of me, and I just sit and nibble the whole pregame show. And we've got sauces till March Madness, man. <laughs> you know, we've got enough sauces for all that, but they're delicious. I mean, I'm not a huge Zach sauce guy. I'm about to get you know vegetables chucked at me from uh, the crowd on the chat. But their barbecue is excellent. The torch sauce mm-hmm. is really good. They've got like 94 different combinations you can get with the wings or the fingers. And that's what we do, the fingers platter here every Saturday. It's always delicious. And you're right. It is a choice that we put it on your side. So you have to smell it for two hours. Well, not I ours. like I like the smell, but it's, it's cruel and unusual because I end up eating too many of them. They're that good. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's offensive keys to the game are brought to you by the Hobbit American Grill, celebrating over 40 years of serving good times to good people for great memories. Get your game day going, 2020 West Pensacola Street, more locations, head to myhobbitonline.com. You know, we, we just got done documenting that we would just stay the course here and further uh, embolden and uh, engender this identity uh, of running the ball, read option, dialing up some shot plays here and there. And I agree with that. But I had to look during the break because Tom talked about it this week, and we certainly all know just off the top of our head, sort of a cursory glance of the games, that you don't see a lot of contributions from wide receivers. And while that's true, some of the numbers are staggering, Tom. I mean, might might we get 
Kentron Poitier, his second catch of the year, he has one. He's played in six games. That's unfortunate. He yeah. has one catch. And you know what? The the bad thing about that is he's a good blocker and he cares and he's detailed. Yeah. I don't know that we dial up a lot for him. Well, but no. every time I see eighty eight, I'm like, look at that. Good block for eighty eight on the perimeter. Tom, I know that we don't because he has one there catch we go. Yeah. for five yards. That's right. Second and five. Thanks for the five yards on the season, Kintron. I mean, that is un- – and I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying that's – wow. Okay. All right. There are other receivers on this team where you look and you go, hmm, you have seven catches this year. Seven. I mean, Malik McLean starts every week. He's got eight catches. Eight. This season total, eight. I can't answer for it. Less than 100 yards receiving. On the year, I mean, we watched camp and saw Malik McLean, and I could not have said to you, Tom, there's there's a good chance yeah. that uh, you know six seven games into the season, my man's going to have fewer than a hundred yards receiving. What, what's his long? Does it have the uh, long 21. reception? Twenty one. Yeah, I think that was the uh, the underneath screen against Notre Dame. Yes, that was. That had went, to have been. That went for twenty one. I thought it went for more than that, but yeah. Well. It's he has eight catches for seventy three yards. He has his first touchdown was scored against North Carolina. Obviously, we saw that's that a big play. play. Uh, as a big, hey, well, I'm come on, man. It's a rollout comeback. I mean, he makes the catch. Yeah, given what we've watched the last uh, couple of years, well, Tom, we've the, got we can't laugh. No, we can't give, laugh at that. That's a significant play. Given the stats, it's very significant. It's one of his eight catches, and it was a touchdown. So by definition, I'm forced to agree with you there. No rag on Malik McLean. He's going to be a good rip, player for I us. I like Malik McLean. I. I'm not ragging on any of these guys. I'm ragging on our passing game. I'm ragging on the fact that we've got, I mean, damn it, man. Andrew Parchment comes over from Kansas who, you know, look, there were word on the street was that he was wildly inconsistent, kind of difficult. We'll, we'll see. You know, he's got some ability. Sometimes you'll have a game where you go, oh, okay, there it is. And then he disappears for, you know, weeks on end. And that has been basically the case. But even Andrew Parchment, Tom, has 10 receptions total. 10 he, too, has, uh, well, under 130 yards receiving this year. It seemed like McKenzie liked him more, too. I mean, if you're looking for some patterns here, and yeah. it's tough to derive a pattern because we just play the quarterback shuffle every week, and sometimes within a game we were just waiting for the hot hand to emerge. Mm. But when McKenzie was on the field, it seemed like Parchment would get the ball a little bit more. If you look at Pokey Wilson, for example, who I think is the leading receiver, at least in yardage for us, according from the wide receiver group, not, not including tight ends. Um, that is correct. These three touchdowns have all come from Jordan Travis and a couple of the shot plays. They look like they've got some chemistry. But the thing is, again, it's great that you have the chemistry. We had 11 completions against North Carolina. We threw the ball 13 times against North Carolina. That run-pass split looks like something out of Paul Johnson's playbook at Georgia Tech back in the day. You know, I'm fine with that if it's what you do. It it also protects your defense because you're on the field running clock. Uh, We don't want our defense getting exposed uh, on the regular. Uh, They don't cover well uh, on the back end. Linebackers can't cover you. Uh, so, you know, probably don't want them out there much. But, um, oh, wait, this got sobering. This, no, this I, it's segment. just, no, no, no. We're going to win the game big, and there'll be some numbers here that shift this game, and it'll be fun. And I just, I, as much as I am saying that I would like to see us lean into our identity, I get it. We're not going to put up prolific passing numbers, but we can expand on these numbers. I mean, we can, even within the offense we're currently running, we can have guys who have more than four catches, three catches. Six games into the season, we can we can get there. Yeah, it starts with the offensive line, which is healthier. Mm, and uh, I'll be interested to see. Listen, you know, this is again a competition 
a level of competition that you should dominate. But to see Robert Scott make the flip back to left tackle, let's see if he looks a little bit more spry and agile, firing off the ball to be able to protect the blind side. Dylan Gibbons has been very good of late. He won the ACC Blocker of the Week, offensive lineman. He played a great of the game. week. A yes, he did. Game. He did. Period. There's no. I'm not going to give you. Uh, uh, any caveats or anything to that? He just played a great game. Yeah, and the things that we do with our offensive linemen, we like big offensive linemen, but we like fast offensive linemen. Guys Athletic that can pull. Guys, guys, that, guys can pull. that can pull, move, create angles, and Dylan Gibbons has molded himself into one of those guys. That's the way to say it. Took six games, but he's here. He's arrived. Again, trying to stay on the positive side of things. Maury Smith is back in the fold, buddy. That's a big deal. We coming off the bye week. I think a lot of these guys are dealing with things that you know, they're, they're just going to have to maintain and work with. They'll never be close to 90% or 100%. But we're getting to a place where these guys are as healthy as they possibly can be for a stretch in the season that we thought was all for naught, and now it's open for business. That's what gets exciting. As yeah. long as you get in and get at it today, we're relatively scot-free when it comes to bumps and bruises, then, yeah, man, let's roll that dice when we go up to Clemson. Let's go. It's, uh, it's exciting that um, you have, for me anyhow, um, a team that I think is having fun playing football. I, we should probably, and now they won't, may not be over the top emotional today because it's UMass, but they, they, they looked like they were having a good time at North Carolina, not just because they were winning. Things worked true, but, man, they were bought in, and that's why you get geared up for the second half of the season knowing that they're locked in, they're still repping, working hard every day, they believe in each other, they believe in this coaching staff, and now all of a sudden they, they might have some opportunities. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what the rest of the season is. Better teams on this side of it. But um, it won't be because they don't believe. It won't be because they're not focused. It won't be because, you know, I think they're all in. And they and watching somebody, hey, look, when you lose a lot of games, you see a lot of sullen faces. You see a lot of dejection. You see a lot of frustration. So to see them have fun, that was good because that's infectious too. Well, I think that's the thing where if you're positive around the tailgate lots this morning and, and in the stands and you're just feeling good about this team, it's because you did see from the brink of the Q word that we all don't like to see when it's on the field. And I remember uh, the Clemson game a couple years ago. Our head coach at the time called out players for quitting. And then he walked it back, which is ridiculous. But we were on the brink halftime against Louisville. Last time there was a Tallahassee game day was for the Louisville game, right? Or mm -hmm. I guess it was Syracuse. But the point being that we thought in that moment, uh-oh, all right, so you're definitely making a change of defensive coordinator. These guys have shut down, at least on that side of the ball. Is Louisville going to win this game 56-10? to 10? Right, right. Like, where, where are we yeah. going here? Mm -hmm. And then they fought all the way back. They didn't win the game, but what you saw was a fight. And then we asked Monday through Friday the next week, can you parlay that momentum, especially on defense, into the Syracuse game? First half against Syracuse, say for about the last five minutes, yeah, yeah, you saw that continued fight and buy-in from the team. Parlay that win, which we tried to lose it, but we found a way, got over <laughs> the hump. Yeah. Go on the road, you face North Carolina, and then you see a group interacting with Mike Norvell. Maybe Jarvis Brownlee was not supposed to go on IG Live. Probably not. But you saw a group that was bought in. They were listening to the message from Mike Norvell after the game. That's why I'm smiling today. That's why I'm happy is this team was on the brink of being failed by the coaches and shutting down another group that failed them. They all bought back in. They worked together, and they've got to a place now where you might not just salvage this season into something eh. You might salvage it into a bowl. That would be amazing after an 0-4 start. It's funny. I, I feel like every time we start talking about that, it's surreal because at 0-4, you know, the, the thought was maybe one win, maybe two wins, at best three or four. Now all of a sudden you can say with a straight face, who knows, maybe maybe they fight hard to get to five wins. Maybe, maybe outside chance they get to six wins. 
That's a positive sign. You never know when uh, the the hard work and the sacrifice and the belief in the coaches. Um, you never know when that's going to be married to where you get the result you need. And we always talk about process, but you do need results. I mean, at some point you have to win some games, and we haven't won a lot of games around here. So when you saw that and it happened, that was a legitimate upset win. Florida State was a significant underdog in that game, and they win the game going away. That's a big win. Well, and, and there's no doubt that it's it's a tall task. I think somebody at Crystal said it. It's a big ask to make a bowl. Oh, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I expect us I don't think to go they, to I don't a think bowl. that we're going to a bowl. I'll just say that. I don't think that Florida State's going to make a bowl. But, but, but the fact that we can have the conversation with a straight face. Yeah, I think four or five wins somewhere in there, depending upon turnover luck or something like that. You might be going down to Florida for that week and saying, I don't know, can you shock the world and make a bowl this week? I mean, if you get to that point, that is still a success from 0-4 to that particular well, place. If you've got five wins headed into the Florida game, game and you have a beyond just the rivalry you have a reason to play uh on that saturday because there's something on the line besides pride oh yeah yeah that'd be a big damn deal that'd be huge i do think we're going to get there i think i think at, I think at minimum wins, yeah. at minimum i think we're going to get there if you split I, we were talking about this yesterday i don't know if it was you, you split and Corey. Miami, NC state yeah yeah you guys were talking about that in the happy hour from mm-hmm. corner pocket yeah. yesterday mm-hmm. so yeah if we split those two games take care of business today and you've got miami bc the next two weeks and you're sitting at four you know, it, it could happen. Yeah, well, we're, we're doing the what-if game a little too much here. You're right. It, it's fun to think about, and that's because they got the win against North Carolina. They allowed us to dream a little bit. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's sub of the game, or which of the game, is served up by Which Which Superior Sandwiches. Did you know, Tallahassee, that uh, on Wednesdays, the wicket is just $5. That's right, five meats, three cheeses, five bucks. Visit any of Which Which's three Tallahassee locations for a superior sandwich today. Sub of the game, who's your guy? I think Chubba Purdy has to be that yeah, guy. That's, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, if he plays, that means good things. Have, well, Short of an injury, knock on wood, right? If he plays, that means good things are happening and we're in position to where you can rock and share this thing and then start to assess a little bit more of the depth chart. So if he plays, it's a good indicator across the board. I think so, uh, and I think he will, and I think uh, it'll be for all the right reasons and knock on wood, like you said, that um, get out of this thing really healthy. They got a chance to really rest up. They needed it. Oddly, we, we certainly had fun at the expense of uh, the schedule when it came out because we got the big bye before UMass instead of Clemson, and we were like, really? I'm getting got a pie before, but it turned out, according to Mike Norvell this week, and really you could just see this team was beat up for a while, uh, especially on the offensive line. So they needed that rest. They needed that extra rest, and to get it right after you won the game against North Carolina, it allowed you, it allowed that win to kind of marinate. We got to lay in that and and really enjoy that and feel good about ourselves. Both, and I'm talking about the players too. You know, so that's it's not not about us. Although that was nice for mental health, it was nice for us to be able to sit around on a win for a couple of weeks. In addition, while we were busy winning and perhaps playing our best football game in the last three or four years, we were watching Miami and, and Florida lose. It was glorious. It was uh, a lot of fun. It was just the best bye week ever. Just let's sit yeah. around and enjoy this. I think the last two weeks in Tallahassee, gratuities were a little bit higher, maybe a couple percentage points. Handshakes and hugs were a little bit more sincere, <laughs> right? And people were happy around here. It was yeah. nice. It was that, that felt good, and let's continue the good times. And then dare to dream about what we could do next week. But you've got to take care of the task at hand today. Can I make a sub 
or or witch of the game out of sure. thin air with without this is no practice knowledge no nothing when the second group comes in because I'm I'm positive today I think that second group's going to come in what if we saw Travis J come in at wide receiver with the second group wouldn't that be something well it would mean that they would have repped it uh, at some point he's not going to be on a whim haven't seen that at wide receiver no. you and I have not seen him he's taken position drills as far back as camp with the receivers but never anything like that I've seen in practice where they're you know no, I, I have not seen him now I would say this too uh, Ira is primarily our source on the ground for these practices because of the time that they practice he's usually our guy or chant that's there at everyone now we all take turns going to practice but he's there at every single one I haven't had a turn in a while well the point would be it's okay, we got people there talking. I know, I know. But but uh, the, the interest of transparency. Yeah, the the, the point would be though that um, if Travis J had been taking reps at wide receiver, Ira would not tell you, and and he might tell you and me, but he's not going to write that because right, that would right, be a thing right. that we don't report. Um, but I, I'm not trying to create wink, wink, nod, nod out of thin air. I'm just I want to see it because that that kick return against North Carolina was so easy breezy. It felt like we had the ball at the 27. And you're like, that, we got that at the 40? That didn't look difficult for him at all. And everything we do with our receivers looks very difficult. Well, he's an athlete, man, and, and I've lobbied for this as well. If he's not going to help you as a defensive back, not consistently anyhow, get get him over on the offensive side of the right. ball where you're lacking weaponry. Yes, I, I very much agree, and he is an athlete. I mean, he can really high point it. He uh, he's long. He he would be a difficult. I mean, again, I'm not one of these guys who's so naive as to say, "Oh, just put that starting quarterback a tight end in the NFL. It'll work out just fine." Sure, I, I don't do that. And yet, with Travis J and some guys in college, and he did play receiver in high school as well, you probably could do it. It, it wouldn't take much. I mean, he, he well, yeah. yeah, he 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 did play the position. You've got to be able to climb a depth chart, too, and I, I think we would oh, agree that he could, oh, oh, oh. right? That's the other thing. That's not much of a challenge. Like, if you were trying to convert <laughs> a defensive back from the 13 championship team to receiver, and, and you're like, all right, and I think they're going to play this year. Like, really? So you're going to get past Kenny Shaw, third place in the depth chart? Because you ain't getting past Kelvin Benjamin or Rashad Green. No. So why are we doing this exercise right now? Right. You know, why, why For fourth receiver reps? Let's, let's keep you a defensive back. In this case... There would be a need, and and I believe he would be able to crack the lineup. But the thing is, here's why it's unfair, though, even though I'm the one who's asking for Advocating. it. Advocating. Because of the injury issues that Travis Jay hasn't – we haven't gotten a true eval on what he is at defensive back. He's been held back and, and hampered by some bangs and bruises. So if you don't get to see him a lot on the field and he doesn't get to get live in-game reps, then what can you say about the development and where he is in the development? It, it's tough. It's not a complete evaluation on defense – it's just we feel the urgency on offense to be a little bit more explosive and look like, I don't know, Florida State used to, then, yeah, you want to see a, an athlete like that go get the football because he'll go get it. He'll take it from you. You know, I'm thinking to myself, it, it it's at this point, they would have, I think, at least discussed the idea of Travis Jail wide receiver. Um, and the, the reason that it wouldn't have happened yet um, – is I think because he was dealing with nagging knee and ankle issues. Right. And then in addition, like you were talking about, and then in addition to that, you know, we have documented to, to the best we can that I think I think his off-field situation has been tough too. So, you know, that if you're transitioning and you're distracted, that's difficult too. But you're hinting that it's not by his own – like he's not holding himself back. I, I Not that I'm aware of. I can't say that he is or he isn't, but not that I've been told. I, I just know that he has a situation that's tough, and, and so 
that's true of a lot of kids, man. And it's and you always got to keep that in in mind when when we watch these kids. And sometimes they don't play up to their ability, and you think, "Hey, what's going on here?" Sometimes it's it's not something as uh, uh, an unwillingness to dedicate themselves, right? It could just be something different. So uh, I, I think that's the case with him. So at the end of the day, you got to get get your best players on the field for as many uh, of these snap counts as you can. And uh, he's a guy just. Second half of the season, I'd like to see emerge in some way, even if it's a corner, even right, if he just right. stays a corner. I'd, I'd like to see that. We got he's 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 a good player. I mean, he he can be a good player. Yeah, the other guy I'd like to see today that we liked in camp, but is just not materialized in the rotation, even despite injuries, is uh, Shaheem Brown. I'd like to see a little bit more Shaheem Brown today at safety or wherever they're going to line him up. He was a Tasmanian devil in practice. He, he was. was. Everywhere mm-hmm. he wreaked havoc. He was incredible. Uh, now Jamie Robinson has been pretty good as he moved over to safety, but with all the shuffling that was done in that secondary, I thought maybe he would crack the rotation. But we haven't seen that just yet. If you get into a position where he can go out into the field, and again the competition, it, it, you could have two sacks if you're a backup defensive end today, and I'd still be like, well, that's great. It doesn't mean that you're going to take uh, Jermaine Johnson's job next week at Clemson. But you just want to see signs <laughs> that the future is going to be okay. That even though we're going to lose some guys, all right, I think that guy's going to be a solution for the twenty-three Knowles or next year's Knowles. Yeah, nobody's taking Jermaine Johnson's job. That's, That's correct. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, yeah. you know, Farmer comes in and he has two and a half sacks. No, and you'd I, be like, would, oh, yeah, good yeah, for him. Yeah. yeah not no. wait a minute. Why aren't we playing this guy? That that today's not that day where you're trying to make those conclusions. Yeah, man. Uh, we were talking about that last night when we went through the team and we we're talking about what we lose and what we get back and. God, every time I think about losing Jermaine Johnson, I, it, it hurts my heart. He's just been such a wonderful addition to this team, both on and off the field. He's just been great. And you brought this up yesterday when you were talking about the replacements for next year and the job of the por- in the portal that we need to do. Oh, He will most certainly be the type that will stump for this program yeah, and he, Mike he's Norvell. An ab- he's an advocate, yeah. He will go out and talk to that player on his own and say, you need to go here. Here's why. Here's why it worked for me. It's not just, thanks, guys. I'm out of here. I'll never see you again. He is the type that will come back and invest in the program, even though he's only been here for one year. That's so cool. If we do flip this thing, he's got to be somebody that you get out of your seat for and you applaud when he comes back to campus and they put him on the big screen because he's very important to when what When they announce him for senior day, yeah. I mean, you would have thought he'd been here for this whole time, the way we're going to stand up and applaud. Like, you, you are the man. Him and Keir, man. Yeah. They, they both have been excellent in trying to establish a culture. Yeah, there's no doubt. They have. They've been a lot of fun. Uh, also, that was uh, the uh, witch of the game. So the sub of the game. Good times. I hope you're right, by the way. And just for those in the chat, I saw some of this. No, we're not saying you're going to see Travis J at wide receiver today. There's no wink-wink here. It'd be cool, but we're not saying that. Hour number two of Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment.